I hope you guys are having a good day. Uh, my name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Welcome to the Black Financial Channel and everything else, uh, wherever you're broadcasting in from or wherever you're watching from. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, a question that I received. Um, I have my AskDrBoyce.com uh, layout where you can ask me financial questions. And um, I got an interesting question today about relationships. And uh, it looks like I'm having a poor connection on Instagram. Let me know. Give me a yes or no if you can hear me okay. Uh, let me know you can hear me and see me okay. Um, and uh, so the question basically uh, was from a young brother uh, who's about 30 years old, and I guess he's still scoping out uh, possible dating options. And he was asking me, how do you tell if a woman's going to be good for your financial life or bad? You know, he wants to know how do you make, how do you <clears throat> know if a woman is a financial asset or an economic liability? And so uh, I thought I would jump into this a little bit and kind of give some perspective on it uh, so that maybe this will help somebody to avoid uh, going broke one day. Uh, do me a favor, please hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button in case you haven't done it yet. And also don't forget that uh, I'm on a lot of different platforms, uh, namely uh, the Parlor app and, and also Clubhouse and all that. So you can look for Dr. Boyce Watkins on those apps. And uh, and we also have private conversations about this type of stuff on those different apps. So, um, so let's start from the beginning. I made a little list. Um, how do you know if a woman is going to make your life better or leave you broke? Uh, this is not a definitive list, but this is something that you can use as a guideline that might help you uh, to choose the right woman uh, because this is an important decision. Actually, um, I would say that the person you choose to spend your life with, or if you choose to get married or not get married, that's going to be mo one of the most important decisions that you've ever made in your life. Uh, a lot of people don't connect the two. They think relationships and money have nothing to do with each other. And that's not true. Um, you know, I'll tell you guys, if you run around making babies with, <laughs> with different women, uh, then you're going to end up broke. Like if you got babies, mamas and all that, I don't care if you're a professional athlete or rapper or a movie star, you, you're going to end up broke. So uh, family is wealth. Uh, good family creates positive wealth. Bad family creates negative wealth. Uh, that's one of the main reasons why black wealth is dropping. It's dropping for at least a couple of reasons. One, uh, your student loan debt is too high. A lot of us think that going to college is going to automatically increase our wealth. So we borrow all this money that people can't pay, pay back. Therefore, half of all black college graduates default on their student loans, which ruins them wealth wise. So you have a high income. Maybe you got you drive your little Lexus and look fly that day, but you, you're going broke because your, your net worth is negative, which means you lost the game. Uh, so the other thing is um, the other reason is bad family structure, uh, the inability to uh, create good, strong, sturdy, you know, stable families, uh, because, you know, that that is directly linked to your economic situation. So let me go down this list of ways to know if that woman is going to be good for your financial life or bad for your financial life. I did a companion video about men. So ladies, if you think I'm just talking about women and beating up on women, that's just not true. I go both ways. I go both. Well, not both ways that way, but I go in both directions on this topic. And so, uh, so, so you can, but you can also learn, I think if you're a woman, that way, you know, that if, if you're looking for a man that actually is smart enough to identify quality women, he'll identify you in that way too. So you shouldn't just think about what you want. You got to think about what he wants and vice versa. All right. So um, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Here, here are, uh, I made a list of about eight things. The, the list is non-exhaustive. Uh, there's some other stuff I'd probably end up putting on the list if I think about it. But these are the things that popped up uh, today. Uh, one is, uh, I think looking at her financial situation is very important. I think, uh, you know, there are people who will say that how much a woman makes is not um, important, especially if you're a man that has some money. Um, I, I'm not a broke man. I have a little bit of money. 
And uh, the woman's financial situation does make a difference. You at least want to have an awareness of what you're dealing with. And what I mean by that is not just so much how much money she makes, right? How much money a person makes is only a tiny part of their economic situation. That's where people get messed up financially is they think that income is, is just the be all end all. No, 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 no. <laughs> how much money you make is part of it, but how much money you keep is a bigger part of it. Um, also, uh, how much debt you have is a huge part of that. How many assets you have is a part of that. If you're driving a car, do you own that car or does the bank own that car? Uh, if you um, have a high income, are you saving 40% of the income, 20%, 0%, negative 20%? Uh, those things matter. So I think knowing her financial situation, um, meaning um, like maybe student loan debt, uh, if you are getting in a serious relationship with somebody and you don't know their credit score and their debt levels and things like that, that means you don't know them well enough uh, to uh, to know what you're getting into. You might be jumping into a financial STD. A financial STD is when somebody brings a financial problem in your life and, uh, and you can't get rid of it. So uh, be careful about the financial STDs. Uh, the second thing you might want to look at is financial habits. A person's financial habits will determine how they're going to end up financially. I don't care where you started off. I don't care if you were born in the ghetto. I don't care if you were born in a mansion. Uh, if you have bad financial habits, then your habits will eventually take you right where you belong. Uh, and so uh, so I would I would pay close attention to how that person um, how that person views money, uh, how they talk about money, um, how they spend money. Do they see money as an uh, as an item that allows them to build more wealth? Or do they see money as a chance to go have a good time? Uh, does money burn a hole in their pocket? Are they spend or saver? Do they make financial plans? Uh, all these things will, will play a role in your financial outcomes. So you got to watch a person's behavior for a very long time before you can decide if you want to merge with that person. Don't forget that marriage and all that stuff, that's a legal contract. Like when you get together with somebody, it's not just romantic. It's not just, oh my God, I love you. I think you're so beautiful. No, it's a legal contract. Like the state is involved in your marriage. Like they're, they're right there at the wedding taking notes and you can't just bounce away from that situation uh, just because you broke up. You're going to have some documents you have to sign because marriage is about far more than just love and attraction and sex. Uh, the third thing might be, <clears throat> what are their economic prospects? Uh, you know, based on where a person is, um, are they in a situ are they in a growth state? Meaning, are they building a great business? Are they building wealth? Are they investing in the stock market? Are they trying to get in the real estate game? Are they in school? Or, or are they just, or are they a person who's just gonna, you know, stay right where they are? Or are they a person who's actually on the decline? Like, for example, I think for ladies, like, you know, if you are 28 years old and you marry some guy who's in the NFL making $10 million a year because he's 29 years old, he's not gonna be making $10 million a year forever. So you gotta plan out ahead. <clears throat> when I wrote my book, Financial Lovemaking, I had a lot of women that are that reached out to me who told me that they had started dating like NBA players when they were making big money. And some of these guys, because they're so um, confident, they think they're going to play forever. Like they think they're going to play till they're 55 years old. So I don't know what they're thinking, but they're not thinking beyond the age of like 32, 33. So uh, what happens is, you know, you connect with that person at the peak of their earning years and then their income starts to drop. And if they haven't made if they haven't aggressively made plans for the transition after sports is over, then that person goes broke. And next thing you know, you're stuck with with the debts of a millionaire, but the income of, you know, a police officer or something. Right. Which is a good combination. Uh, number four, uh, how does that person blend with your your hustle? You know, are they a person who's going to embarrass you in front of your boss? Or, or get you the raise and the promotion because she's so charming when people come to the house and you entertain. Uh, you want a woman that's going to look good next to you, not just physically, but also um, intellectually and socially. 
you know, if she's old ragamuffin that offends everybody and decides she wants to cuss everybody out, uh, you know, because she got mad at them that day, that's not going to be necessarily good for you because that's the kind of person that will make you toxic, like a bad partner. Has anybody ever seen that? Give me a yes or no if you've ever seen a situation where you met a good person, but they had a really toxic, horrible partner who embarrassed them at every available opportunity, who made people not want to be around them, maybe because they were insanely jealous or maybe they drank too much or they were too loud or too annoying or whatever. Most men I know that actually want to build something, they, they find the right kind of woman who fits with that situation, who's not going to go and just mess it up and go crazy. So it's like a like wealth builders tend to have a type of discipline. They have hustle and mixed with discipline. Like really, if you think about it, power is nothing more than it's not just energy because energy that's splattered everywhere isn't going to amount to much of anything. Uh, power is like targeted energy. It's like, you know, like a laser, like if a laser, if the energy of the laser is spread out, it's not going to have any effect. But if it's targeted energy and the laser is targeted, it'll cut through a rock. Right. So targeted energy requires a degree of discipline. So most people I know that have a lot of money tend to have some discipline about what they do. And you can't just be out here just, you know, thinking you keeping it real and acting a damn fool and embarrassing the family at every available opportunity. Don't bring somebody around you like that. Also, if you're like an entrepreneur and you marry somebody who is always dampening what you're trying to do, like always telling you, well, don't, you know, you can't, you can't, you're investing too much. And oh no, I, this is too risky. Uh, what that might mean is that maybe they, you're not matched in, in terms of risk tolerance, meaning that, you know, that the, the risk that you might take as an entrepreneur very naturally might make her nervous. So it's not necessarily her fault, but it means that you might want to make sure like uh, when I was really getting started as an entrepreneur, I was broke, man. I mean, I was, I would get 10, 10, five, $10,000 and that money would be gone. Cause I'd be investing it, you know, trying to, just trying to flip it, turn it into something bigger and better. And uh, I don't know. I mean, a lot of women wouldn't have been able to handle that, you know, like sure. Yeah. The women thought I was great after I had all the money and all the wealth, but a lot of people don't necessarily want to go through the bumpy ride to get there. Okay. So, uh, so make sure that the person fits with what you're trying to do. Uh, also, uh, I think the next point you might want to look for is, uh, is she sturdy in a relationship? You know, there are some people who just know how to maintain relationships, you know, like, you know, maybe they grew up watching their parents manage a really tough marriage and and stick it out and through the tough times and all that. Or maybe it's the kind of she's the kind of person who will get a job and stay on that job for like five or six years. Like little things like that will show you like whether or not the person is an attachment person or somebody who just gets upset and decides to walk away from a situation. You know, even little things like how long you you've had that car. You've had that car and that laptop for 7 years. That that tells you that that person's a long-term relationship type person. There's no one piece of evidence that tells you everything, but it's all little stuff, all little stuff. And that's important to know because uh you don't want to engage in something as serious as marriage um with somebody who isn't sturdy. Like sturdy means that you can fight like hell and both of you will always come back to the table. Like, you know, you're not going to be so triggered that you're going to walk away and never come back. Why is that important for wealth? Well, because divorce is a son of a bitch on your income. Uh, the average divorcee loses 70% of their wealth. The lawyers are sitting there like this, just waiting for you. The lawyers make money off you in two, two key ways. One is when you get divorced because you can't handle your family situation. Or two, when you die without a will or a trust. When you die without a will or trust, they make big money off that because they, they make big money sorting through the mess that you have. And then uh, two, if you get a divorce and you're fighting, if it's a contentious divorce, that's even worse. So at the very least, if I was picking someone to marry, which I am, um, <laughs> I'm going to get married this year. Uh, I, I would pick someone who, who either A, is probably not going to want to get a divorce um, or, or, or and or B, if they get a divorce, they're going to handle it without it being like a big fight. 
Like the bigger the fight is, the more money gets lost because you have to pay lawyers to keep going back and forth to court because y'all fighting over who gets to keep the couch and who gets the dog and, you know, what, how you going to split up the assets. Um, a peaceful transition of power is the next best thing to unity, right? Uh, a peaceful transition is the next best thing to permanent peaceful unity. If you can stay together and stay peaceful, then you win because prosperity and peace tend to be connected. Uh, communities with your, your marriage, your family is like a little community. It's an institution. Uh, communities that have peace tend to have the ability to have prosperity because you can build together. And then if you can't, if you're not going to build together, if you're going to part ways, you want to do business with, or which marriage, again, marriage is a business because it's a legal contract and it has financial implications. So you can think of it like a business. You want to do business with people that will part ways peacefully without um, it getting messy and sloppy and crazy and all that stuff. Uh, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. And also I should tell you guys that uh, next week we're doing the, the generational wealth conference. Uh, we're going to cover a lot of different things related to um, wealth strategies from insurance uh, to taxes, to getting started in multifamily property ownership, stock market investing, um, e even, even a little bit of hotel investing stuff is in there too, commercial property type stuff. So if you'd like to join us, you can go to generationalwealthconference.com. The URL is on the screen. That's generationalwealthconference.com. So uh, hit the thumbs up button if you haven't done it yet. Let's keep going down this list. So uh, three more ways to know if she is going to be either help you build wealth or destroy your wealth is uh, you got to look at the relatives. Uh, when you marry a person, you're not just marrying them, you're marrying their family. So if you're doing well financially and you built some stuff, you you own some assets, um, you know, it, it, you, you are, you're going to attract certain types of people when you have assets. So when you uh, build assets up, you're going to attract people probably in many cases who don't have any assets or who want, who want to access the assets you have, or they maybe have situations. They have people that in their family that can benefit from your assets. Now that's okay. Like if you're, if you're doing well financially and you don't care, like you can just, you know, roll it out then that's cool. But you got to be real careful about that because if the person's bringing along a lot of financial baggage from relatives and, and, and family members who aren't doing so well, uh, that can cause a problem. It can cause uh, tension in the relationship. It can also cause you to go broke. Like you can end up losing money because you're trying to take care of everybody. Um, the next thing uh, I, I think about is, you know, how a person deals with conflict. Uh, some people are builders and, and menders. Some people are destroyers. So if you are with a person who is a builder and a mender, of relationships, then that means when you have conflict, it'll be a good thing. If you're with the destroyer, that means your conflicts will simply escalate and get out of control and get crazy and stress you out, distract you, uh, keep you from being able to get anything done and ultimately ruin your life. Also, when it comes to wealth, uh, is that person a wealth builder or a wealth destroyer? Uh, wealth destroyers might be spenders. You know, somebody who, uh, where every time you bring money in the in the room, they they just that's their their cue to take it out of the room. So it doesn't matter if you're saving if you have a big hole in your pocket. So your partner can be like a, having a big hole in your pocket where they're taking your credit card, maxing it out, and doing whatever with the money. The last little piece um, makes me think about this whole thing, like the Dr. Dre is going through and all the all the money, the millions he's going to have to give his wife. Um, and I don't know their situation, but um, I think about this word vindictive. Uh, I, I really encourage you to really uh, pay attention to people that you choose to partner with in life and figure out how they treat their enemies. Don't pay attention to how they treat their friends. Everybody's nice to their friends most of the time. Um, and also, even, you know, we, we talk about a man, a man is always going to be nice to a woman he's trying to have sex with unless he's stupid. I mean, I don't think anybody, any man thinks he's going to get some ass by, by being a jerk. Right. So figure out how he treats his enemies, figure out how she treats her enemies. You know, a lot of women can be very, very sweet. And every woman I've met, it seems 
believes that deep down that she's like this gentle little sweet little flower that just needs to be loved out of her bitterness and nastiness or whatever. And that might be true. I and mean, that might be true in most cases, but some people are just nastier than others. Some people, um, and, and typically hurt people, hurt people. So, you know, some people are so, so damaged, right? They're just so ripped up on the inside. They've gone through so much trauma that, you know, you, you might get along with them really well for a little while, but when stuff gets out of hand, they become like the Tasmanian devil. I don't know if my remembers the Tasmanian devil from cartoons. You gotta be a little, you gotta be closer to my age to remember that. But the Tasmanian devil was this little animal. I, I guess there, there really is a Tasmanian devil and he would just start spinning. And when he would spin around, he would just tear everything up. And he's like, <laughs> you know, he's like a beast, you know, and some people become like Tasmanian devils. If you trigger them, like, you know, maybe you rejecting them reminds them, of of being rejected by her, her father when she was five and suddenly she wants to kill you and you're like, but you love me. And she's like, yeah, but now you need to die. You know, there's a thin line between love and hate. Like that's really true. There is a thin line between love and hate. Love and hate are typically the same emotions. You know, a person that really loves you could be the person that also wants to kill you. So you got to kind of look at how people treat their enemies, right? You know, can they forgive? Can they do, can they let bygones be bygones? Are they able to move beyond something or do they hold on to baggage? Uh, and you got and So I think it's, that takes time to do, uh, which is why you don't want to jump into situations too fast. And uh, also, if you are that person, if you are that person that's easy, easily triggered, remember, they got these things called therapists out there that can help you through some of that. So I encourage you to work through some of that so that you won't be seen as toxic in the lives of others. Uh, most abusers, I've noticed that most abusive people, abusive women or abusive men, most abusers, if you talk to them and ask them, why did you do that? Why are you so abusive? They don't even see themselves as abusers. They don't see themselves as bullies. They see they, they believe they're defending themselves. They see themselves as the victims. I don't know if anybody else has ever noticed that. But when you talk to a really abusive person, uh, whether even if it's a man who's punching women in the face or whatever, or a woman who's like cutting his tires and trying to stab the, the girl that's, that was giving googly eyes at her man or whatever, most of these people will tell you like they in their mind, they really feel like they're good people. They just but but that person just need to get stabbed that day. Right. It was their fault if they had not done this, if you had not made me feel like that, whatever. And, and I find that that's a uh, you, that sort of language you got to watch out for, because that's a person who does things but doesn't take accountability for their actions. Like they, they will have an emotion and will say. You gave me that emotion. You made me do this. And I, I saw, I remember one time I saw this video of this lady who uh, found, I guess she called her boyfriend cheating or something. And she ran him over with a car. And so she hits the dude and he's laid out in the street and face, Facebook, it was on Facebook video. And somebody recorded this man laying out in the street and he's like dying. He's like almost unconscious. And because she's so mad, she like picks up the, uh, while he's laying on the ground unconscious, she picks up the, um, the, the fender of the car and she slams it on top of his head. And, uh, and I was looking at the comments in the chat and I thought it was fascinating because there were people, there were literally women in the chat saying, I wonder what he did to deserve that. Like, did, Oh, he, he'll never do that again. He'll never hurt somebody else's feelings again. And I said, Whoa, Whoa. So you tell, so there are people that literally can see something like that happen and still think that it's the victim's fault. You know, and, and and I don't know about you guys, but I was raised in an environment where there's no excuse. There would be no excuse for me to ever run Alicia over with a car and then slam, you know, slam a hubcap, you know, or whatever it was of a fender onto her head as she laid there dying on the street like that, 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 that at that point. 
whatever it was that made me the victim, I have given up all rights <laughs> to the moral high ground. I am no longer the victim at that point. I have no moral high ground. I am now the predator at that point. I am not the victim anymore. Right. And and I think that if you if you, if you see someone, and so I think maybe, you know, I, I found that you can learn a lot by just listening to people's um, conversations about their exes and just listen to how they describe, um, you know, how they describe their, uh, you know, their, their previous experiences. And, and if you hear sort of this theme of a lack of accountability, uh, that's some, that's a big warning sign. You got to be real careful because a vindictive person, um, one of the things they might do, you know, out of vindictive, vindictiveness to say, okay, I'm going to take him for all his money. Like they find what you love, like a terrorist finds what you love and they, then they come kill what you love. Right? That's what they do in all the Batman movies. But that's also what happens in real life. So if she knows that you love your car, then she's going to go and, you know, she might go and cut up your car and cut the tires. If she knows it, uh, that you love your money, she'll be like, OK, I'm going to take him for all his money. There's actually been songs about that. Remember that that song? Um, it was a good song. Uh, I, I can't even sing it. I got to go find the lyrics. But you don't know talk about where she was basically saying, like, ladies, if your man does this, this and this, go take him for all his money or whatever. Right. So there are people that celebrate vindictive behavior. Um, and I can let you decide what you, how you feel about that. But I, what I will say is that uh, these are things you can actually identify in advance in a relationship. Like, like I think one one thing I'll leave you with that I think will help you. I hope that this helps you is uh, maybe listen to them talk about a couple of situations where they got disappointed, man, where, where somebody just did them really wrong or dumped them for no reason or cheated on them or whatever. Just let them talk about it and then just listen to see how they responded to it, how they dealt with it. It's called hit them up. There you go. That's right. I don't hit them up style. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and, and, and if you, if you pick up on vindictive behavior, um, I think this goes for male and female. Uh, I will be really careful about that because if you, if you hurt that person's feelings at some point, then they may be getting vindictive with you. And there are some people who write the end of the story before the story even begins, because in their mind, deep down, they feel like they're the victim all the time. Right. So so be careful about that. Just kind of look out for that. This does translate into economic realities, because that means. So, so for example, if you marry someone, you start a business together. Well, you get a divorce, you, you get a nasty divorce, the, the business is destroyed. So there's wealth gone out the window right there. Uh, divorce courts are expensive. There's money going out the window right there. Somebody who uh, decides they want to. I knew a guy who told me that his his wife was so mad she was going to go to his job and get him fired from his job. Well, that will mess up your financial situation right there. So you want to look for women. Uh, this is what I've made this video for the guys, but the ladies, I think, can gain from this as well. You want to look for a woman who's just going to make you um, a higher quality asset in your life and all the things that matter to you. You know, uh, that that's, I think, the key. And, and you can identify her when you see her, but take the time to vet her out because that's one of the most important investments you'll ever make. All right. So, uh, by the way, uh, we have something called the Black Love Channel, the blacklovechannel.com. So if you're interested in this kind of stuff, I happen to be marrying a woman who happens to be a couples therapist. And uh, I am learning so much about uh, relationship therapy and couples therapy and all that. And I wrote my book, Financial Lovemaking, years ago. So I've always been intrigued by this. But she's actually introduced me so a lot to a lot of new ideas that I didn't know about. And uh, she has a PhD in this stuff. Like she's a full professor of social work. Uh, and she sees clients and couples all the time. So uh, we decided we wanted to share some of that with you guys. Uh, so maybe you could hear some of our BS and, and kind of know. And I say our BS because we got challenges like every other couple. Every couple has issues that you got to work through. And uh, and what I will say is it's not so much whether you have issues, it's how you handle them. And as I get older, the more I realize is that um, the, what I realize the most is that 
you probably shouldn't try to do it by yourself. Like you probably shouldn't try to solve all your relationship problems without any help. Um, there are tools out there and I encourage you to not just get into a dilemma and say, how am I going to figure this out? Because the solution that comes to mind for you may not be the right solution. You may be doing what you think is the best way to handle it, but it may actually be making the situation worse. And so I encourage you to, you know, bring in experts. Like if, if you can't get a therapist, uh, then fine, go read a book, go watch a YouTube video. And also I think getting, being with a partner, this is the thing you can actually vet for in advance. Uh, getting, picking a partner who knows how to, um, who knows how to, uh, process issues and mend relationships is really important. So if, you know, if you get with somebody and they're a person who says, oh no, I would never do therapy. I would never go see a therapist. Then that's not the person for you, because that means that if you have a problem, that person is not gonna, um, work with you to solve that problem. That person is going to become a problem and not fix it. It's like somebody saying, well, if I get sick, I ain't never going to the doctor. You know, well, that person's going to die <laughs> and you don't want your relationship to die because that person says, well, if our relationship gets sick, I'm not going to take the relationship to the doctor. We're going to just pray. You know, we're going to pray to Jesus and that Jesus is going to heal the relationship. No, sometimes the, the, the relationship needs a little bit more than Jesus. It needs a, a, a licensed you know, clinician that can actually diagnose the issue and help you get better. So that's my two cents. Uh, I wish you the best. I hope this helps. Uh, the blacklovechannel.com, the URL is right there on the screen. So feel free to um, subscribe there. We put a lot of cool stuff up there that I think can help you. Also, the Generational Wealth Conference is next week, and we're going to cover everything from tax strategies to insurance to real estate to stock investing, all kinds of stuff. Julian Gordon will be there. It's going to be really good. So it's going to be uh, generationalwealthconference.com. That's generationalwealthconference.com. So if you can hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe before we go, uh, I hope you will do that, and I will see you guys soon. Have a good night. Take care. Bye-bye.